so much to unpack when it comes to cats that we could do a whole episode on. But I'll just leave it at this. You shouldn't see you shouldn't see cats, right? You definitely should not see cats. But if you're going to see cats, you probably should not see it sober. The guy who directed Les Miserables uh, direct, like, directed this one. But if his goal was to make a movie that while you watch it, it feels as though somebody is masturbating right behind you, that is what the the experience of watching cats is like like you watch cats and it's confusing and it's weird and like you know maybe you are turned on maybe you aren't turned on uh that's you know only god can judge you or whatever but it's the movie itself is unmistakably horny for itself and it's it's very it's very pleased at that but in being so horny it makes you feel as though there is like there's somebody directly behind you like masturbating vigorously and in my experience, in my case, I was sitting. How vigorously are we talking? Like audible fap noises? No, not vigorously in the sense that like they're like they're beating it hard enough for you to hear it, but like vigorously, like they're really, really into it. Like they're licking their lips, their eyes are closed, they have like a little bit of bend in their knee, and they're hunched over at the waist, and they're just going the fuck at it behind you. And I was seated in the back of the theater when I was watching a movie, and. So no, I know no one was behind me masturbating. Like I know no one was like behind me. I was assuming that they, you know, wasn't a ghost or some shit. But like that is what I felt the entire time, along with just being like completely confused. Like I, I the entire it, it's hard. It's also hard to undersell like how little plot the movie has. Like, the movie has no plot at all. Like it's mostly just like uh you know the, the overall plot. Like oh these cats are magical or whatever, and every and like once a year they have some kind of talent show to essentially decide who gets to be reincarnated and that's the whole plot i mean idris elba plays like a cat pimp slash sexual predator uh named mr McAvee or whatever and judy dench plays like uh the cowardly lion from the wizard of oz for some reason but that's all kind of just window dressing for the like the movie to just be really horny at you the entire time. I'm not entirely convinced you didn't just get like really lit and then wander the wrong way home and stumble into an alleyway full of cats based on your description so far. <laughs> when you see Sir Ian McKellen, a 94 year old man in extreme cat CGI rubbing up against like things and like licking his lips and like licking his paws and some shit like paw slash hands or whatever shit they gave them like it's hard not to feel bad for him like it's hard not to feel like he deserves better like it's hard to feel like he doesn't deserve better than like some weirdo no offense to the weirdos out there you know solidarity like some real weirdo just like vigorously masturbating to him because like you just know that somebody is like, like they, all they ever wanted in life was like cat, cat man, uh, Sir Ian McKellen. And like, it's, it's, it's you just don't, it, it's hard not to like, be like, you know, this is like, he's knighted. Like, and you got like this 95 year old man pretending to be a cat, just so it's like some pervert can like jack it to him. <laughs> like, and just like, <laughs> like, like, and then like, then Dame Judy Dench comes out and someone in the theater yells out, this bitch looks like Garfield and everyone laughs. And you're like, and you're like, this is, this is not a good look for anybody. But no, that's my, that is actually my review of Cats. Whatever porn site you use uh, in the future. Coming exclusively to Pornhub. It's definitely coming exclusively. I'll give it that. The, the, the entire movie is one long, awkward, <laughs> one long, awkward orgasm. <laughs> I, I got a quick bit of uh, animal news, I guess. Uh, well, a, what is it? A kettle of vultures 
that's been camped out uh, on Border Patrol's radio tower down on the border. Uh, their shit and vomit has been deteriorating the tower and interrupting communications. I just want to give a shout out to Comrade Vultures out there. Yeah, right. And it's uh, isn't it specifically turkey vultures so they can't attack them because they're semi-endangered? Yes. Or- uh, on the there was the list. idea that if you kill one, that then the rest will scatter. But they are in danger on the or protected disease list, or, and it would it would only be a two hundred thousand dollar fine. So uh, it's not for sure protecting, but uh, they're still looking for some sort of resolution. But uh, so far, they're still disrupting communication. So good on them. In my career, we actually had a, a piece of equipment that we had to leave out in the middle of the Bay of New York for a. About seven months because an osprey landed on it one day and just decided it would be a great place to build a nest. And so we were constantly trying. I like literally was part of a task force to try and get the osprey to move using nonviolent, like playing sounds of seagulls dying and like all sorts of stuff. <laughs> that, that bitch did not want to leave that nest. It was hysterical. My, my bosses were so mad and they just could do nothing. Well, I'm glad that the animal ki- kingdom is fighting back against the uh, encroachment of humans. Hell yeah. Absolutely, especially with the turkey vultures. Despite the odd start to the show, there are plenty of places to go when it comes to this. Not, not smooth transitions to get from the cats and turkey vultures to those places. There are things to talk about. I mean, for example, since we last talked about the presidential election, we've had well three more people drop out, actually. Uh, uh, Julian Castro, Marion Williamson, and Cory Booker have all dropped out since we last spoke about Kamala Harris dropping out. Dropping yeah. out. Yeah. Combined polling average of about 2%. And I mean, that, Go on. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, if you combine them, if they do like the fucking fusion dance, they combine into one whole uh, Yang. Like basically yeah. one whole Andrew Yang. Which, or like a Tulsi Gabbard, which is pretty cool. But John, what the fuck is happening with uh, Warren and Bernie? Because I don't, cause I feel like it started over the weekend, but I don't yeah. tweet over the weekend because I was, you know, busy <laughs> so, so it started with uh, a reporter for politico who covers um, by his own bio uh the left and elizabeth warren who tweeted out like this big stream of it was kind of invective and really it was an attempt and it was quite obviously an attempt to like gin up a controversy and a fight between the two of them about a supposed script that the bernie campaign was giving to volunteers However, no Bernie can't, like nobody in Bernie camp or in the volunteer area could verify that the script. Uh, Bernie's campaign didn't uh, was requested for comment. They said no comment at the moment, and I think it's because they were trying to figure out the origin of this script. And a very popular thread posited that it was put into Reddit and immediate, or not a Reddit, into Slack, and then immediately deleted. Um, and it was put there by like somebody who wasn't in a position of authority within the campaign. Uh, but within that script, it said, um, Warren, I like Elizabeth Warren, but, and then gave like a ways of saying that like she, her, her support base is predominantly white and upper class or wealthy. And she's not going to bring in new coalition of voters, unlike Bernie Sanders. Um, and a couple of other points that were really just factual points. Uh, he positioned this as trashing Elizabeth Warren and like about, I don't know, the usual talking heads online immediately started running with it and multiple stories were written about it. And then Warren's campaign or Warren herself was asked about it. And she said that Bernie was trashing her and that Bernie's her friend, despite the fact that Bernie said, this is not trashing and I'm not trashing her. Um, then it came out that four of Warren's, um, campaign people anonymously said that in a 2018 meeting when Bernie and Warren were talking about running for Bernie said that a woman couldn't win the president. 
Bernie then vehemently denied that, called those people liars and asked them to produce the proof. But Elizabeth Warren just released a statement, and I'm going to read the statement now if you guys don't mind. Um, it's very interesting because Ed O'Keefe tweeted out a statement from Elizabeth Warren about her December 28th, 18, or 2018 meeting with Bernie Sanders. Bernie and I met for more than two hours in December 2018 to discuss the 2020 election, our past work together, and our shared goals. Beating Donald Trump, taking back our government from the wealthy and well-connected, and building an economy that works for everyone. Among the topics that came up was what would happen if Democrats nominated a female candidate. I thought a woman could win. He disagreed. I have no interest in discussing this private meeting any further because Bernie and I have far more in common than our differences on punditry. I'm in this race to talk about what's broken in this country and how to fix it, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. I know Bernie is in the race for the same reason. We have been friends and allies in this fight for a long time, and I have no doubt we will continue to work together to beat Donald Trump and put our government on the, pot on the side of the people. What's super interesting about this is that throughout this whole ordeal, um, Bernie was basically saying, this is created by the media. This has nothing to do with me or Elizabeth. We're both, both friends. And I, uh, I have nothing negative to say about her. And then the very first person to go negative was Elizabeth Warren when she said Bernie was trashing her. And then now this. And honestly, you know, I, I hate to think that if, if Bernie is coming flat out and saying that somebody is lying, that the Elizabeth's campaign is lying, and now Elizabeth is saying that this is the case, that Bernie said that a woman would win, I hate to say it, but I said I believe Bernie. I have no no reason to believe anything that Warren says at this point, especially considering how she's handled past events and how she's handled her her own past and describing her own past. So I know that's problematic, but like just to be clear, John is a misogynist. And yeah, exactly. He doesn't, he doesn't speak for the unproblematic <laughs> duo of me and my muscles. I can't, I can't speak for Richard. Richard, Richard is <laughs> problematic. Uh, but my, hey. my muscles, my muscles love the ladies and are are. My muscles are only slightly behind yours. They love the ladies as well, but they're. Uh, they, it, it's. I think she's a liar. That's it. I'm gonna flat out say it. I think she's lying. Well, I would have split this conversation up into two different points. The first is related to what you know, the idea of uh, a Bernie outreach script, and I just want to touch on that briefly because you mentioned a good point. I, it's weird to me because at a certain point, well, it's not weird to me. I'm, I just kind of, I'm playing the skeptic in the beginning. The the big issue is that like everything that you've just said, I, I'm not aware of the script, but I, I believe what you're saying here, even though you don't believe women. Um, uh, <laughs> that's all true. Like, like every, that's all true. Like that's true about her base, right? That, that That's totally true about the base that supports Elizabeth Warren by all accounts of the public polling that we have. She hasn't released any internal polling that would prove the prove it different. And, but I think what's telling is that they view that to be an insult. And I know why they view that to be an insult, because A, that was the lie that they said about the Bernie supporters in 2016, that it was an all-white, all-college educated, all-male, you know, basically all effete liberal base, and that Hillary Clinton was you know, building this rainbow coalition. And so, like, you know, obviously you should vote for her. And now in 2020, that is, and that's, undeniably true about Warren, even if it wasn't true about Bernie in 2016. And so it's, but somehow that, you know, we're not allowed to say that, right? And it's, for me, the reason behind that is because they obviously, they've conceptualized a viability for Democratic Party that is entirely based on them being the party of like the other, 
right? And so if you point to a candidate and you say, okay, well, this candidate doesn't have any support of non-white males because Elizabeth Warren's support is it's largely white. We know it to be true. No, it's largely college educated. Like they view that as a sign of like a moral failing or a sign of the lack of viability of a candidate as opposed to like, you know, A, it might be in certain situations, but it also just might be a result of lack of name recognition. Uh, 20 plus years of the Democratic Party trying to convince people that being the candidate of like structural reform, a big structural change is either not as important or just as important as, you know, being the candidate who has mastered the language and the gestures of social justice, even if you don't basically commit to it fully with big structural change. So in many ways, the Elizabeth Warren campaign was shot in the foot by the changing values of the Democratic Party, not by, and also the changing values or like the being able to be convinced by a centrist pundits and the centrist in her own campaign. And even the demographics of people who she's claiming, or whether she's trying to claim, or the campaign is trying to claim, don't support her, which they do, that like by trying to appeal to those values, they kind of suck her, sunk her campaign. So like, I mean, for all the talk about how the left was not open or receptive to Elizabeth Warren or the left was too hard on her, every article I read from any leftist source, whether it was like shallow or deep, it, it tended to take her ideas, like actually engage with her ideas, you know, legitimately and like critique it from a point like, oh, you know, you want to be a leftist candidate. We're going to treat you with a leftist candidate and see how viable you are. And, and that only caused her to run to the center. And I, I mean, I don't view it as a moral failure of her campaign that her base is largely white, uh, largely middle class, middle class. Well, it, it also, I mean, Matt Taibbi makes an interesting point and says that journalists overly identify with Elizabeth Warren because of the, like, the joined at the hip nerd factor that they have. And that if you know, they, they come from a certain pool that does well by following the rules and just working their ass off and really not taking any time for themselves. And, you know, they identify with Warren for those exact reasons. And so the, the people that identify with journalists,